believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. I've had someone tell me years ago that the widow's mite was the, hard, was the easiest thing to put in because she had nothing to lose. I'll tell you, it's the hardest thing to do because we'll hold on to that last piece of bread. When I'm traveling, I want that last little bit of water bottle in my backpack. When I'm traveling, I don't eat that last bit of uh, trail mix because I want to have that in case something goes wrong. That last mite is everything. You are totally, 100% dependent upon the Lord at that moment. So we want the people to be right side up, that we can bless others, and we can be part of the solution what if Franklin Graham, in his ministry, thought it was a good idea to always go in debt to people? Where would the world be without Franklin Graham being so wise and fruitful with his ministries and sowing bountifully all over the world with everything that he does? See, we want to think like, let's be like Franklin Graham. We're living wisely, frugally, and generously. And the release. If you are in debt, you can pray that the Lord will help you be released of that debt. And if you are in debt... Let's just say that's one of your number one objectives right now is to figure out how to clear those debts. And there's all kinds of resources out there that can help you figure that out. But uh, we're in a time when less is more and simplicity over complexity. That's how we want to live because we're, we're moving toward things that are massive and so far reaching our generation. And in studying World War I and other things like this that radically affect the world, just one little thing can happen, and in a matter of two or three months, the whole world's at war, and it all changes for everybody. You just don't know, with all the uncertainty in our planet right now, with all these strange things going on, all these biblical things, you just don't know what's that one thing like Sarajevo and the assassination of uh, Archduke Ferdinand. You just don't know what's going to move this, all these things in a way toward this end game that the Bible clearly tells us. So what we want to do is be ready for that day. I want to say, oh no, it's the, it's, the, it's the day of the Lord, it's tomorrow, and I want to try and give everything away. I don't know, today is the day of the Lord, and we want to be generous people right now, and not upside down, right side up, and we don't want to be takers, we want to be givers. Follow me? Amen. All right, and we are, as a whole. But clean, less, just man. I have to share this. Nicholas and Alexander, the last czar of Russia, they had all this incredible wealth that he had inherited. She was, of course, a Prussian uh, princess. And their reign was such a hard time. I told you about Rasputnik and all that happened there. But in the last year that they were alive, after he had to abdicate the throne, and the Bolsheviks, the, the Soviets, came to power, they had, they had hundreds and hundreds of servants. They had yachts. They had all these things they ever did. And, the, and they had faith in Jesus. And they were, she was deeply religious. And in the last year of their life, while they got moved around by the Bolsheviks, they had less and less and less and less and less. And all they had on the last year of their life before the Bolsheviks murdered them all in that basement in Siberia, all they had was their entire family together, their Bibles, and their faith. God stripped them of all the wealth of Russia, this one-sixth the size of planet Earth, bigger than the moon, Russia, all that wealth, 
300 years of Romanoff rule, and they had all that wealth, and he stripped them of all of it in the last year of their life and prepared them for eternity. And then they all died together being assassinated by the Bolsheviks in that basement. And I thought, you know, as much as that's a tragedy, and you can, there's so many books and movies on them, The Last Czar, really, though, because of their faith in Jesus, he removed everything that distracted them from Jesus for the day of the Lord. And in fact, when they were gunned down in that basement, they were more ready for the day of Christ Jesus than any other day they ever lived. And that's something to think about. Lend it, give it away, release it. If someone comes to you, dude, I just can't, it's all good. It's the Lord's. Let it go. And be upside, right side up, not upside down. Now, verse 7 reads this. There, if there is among you a poor man of your brethren with any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart, nor shut up your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Beware lest there be a, a wicked thought in your heart saying, mm, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. You shall surely give to him, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give it to him, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all the works and all of which you put your hand. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore I command you, saying, you shall open uh, your hand wide to your brother, to your poor and your needy in your land. Of course, Jesus said the poor you always have with you too. So he's just quoting the law when he said that. The first cluster of verses there, the one through six, is the Lord's release. Releasing and letting go, which he's done for us and all that and what we want to be, the head, not the tail, the lender, not the borrower, because we can release and we're just a conduit by which the Lord works. But the second one is to open your hand wide. So we have the Lord's release in those first few verses, and now we have open your hand wide, and it says it twice. You shall open your hand wide, verse 8, and willingly lend sufficient for his needs, whatever he needs. Then it says in the last verse there, verse 11, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor and your needy in your land. Now, of course, we all have common sense and this doesn't obligate us to pull our money out of the bank and go down there to where people, you see homeless people and give them all your wealth. It's, it's not like that at all. But there's wisdom because we do need frugality in how we manage our finances, but we need faith before frugality and we need freedom to release it. And there's a balance, but you can never go wrong when you're a giver as opposed to a taker. So just keep that in mind. But the idea is that your hand is open wide to the poor and needy. In other words, that we have a generous disposition. We are seeing more homeless people, not less, all over America. And we will see more homeless people, not less, all over America for at least a foreseeable future. And you can't, you can't, they're human beings. You know, the church is quick to say all lives matter, and they do including those lives. And it's just so important that we look at the poor and the needy and you think, I don't need to know how this woman got in this place where she's homeless like this, or this man, or this family. That's just the way it is. Think how humbling it is to stand outside a Target with your wife and two kids with a sign saying, can you help? Think what had to happen in your life to bring you to a place of, self, of such self-humiliation publicly that way. And have empathy. And have a disposition for generosity. If you want to give something to someone at the freeway sign with a sign, veteran, or just need help, whatever, do it. If you don't, don't. But at least if you don't, don't, don't pass a quick judgment on them. We have no idea how they ended up there. 
And we've ended up in a lot of bad situations in Jesus' name that he's bailed us out of unconditionally with his blood, by his spirit, and according to his grace and mercy. We just, that's a real gauge. You just can never look at anyone. You just, you just, we just are not judging the jury of anybody. Jesus died for the world. And we have to be empathetic and compassionate toward people. And the moment you lose empathy for the homeless, for the immigrant, illegal, legal, whatever, you, you lose a part of your humanity. And you lose a part of your humility. And you lose a part of your authority that comes from humility with love for humanity. And this is so important and so critical. When we step into eternity and you stand before the Lord, I I want the Lord to be able to show you that this ministry and this pulpit taught you to love everybody unconditionally as he did. And you were taught to be generous and to, to just be moved with compassion upon people you know, and if you're quick to, if you look at someone and you immediately feel tears, good for you. You should feel tears. Because there's a story behind everybody. I like to have cash on hand. Not, it can be all variable increments. I just want to bless people. Johnny Appleseed sowed apple seeds literally in American history. I want to be like Johnny Appleseed with how I feel toward people. And Jesus said when you give a child a cup of cold water in his name, There's no loss, and that's an eternal reward. So you want to drive by that person? Hey, Jesus loves you. Have a great day. Then do it. And if you don't, you don't have to. But I'll tell you, Solomon said, cast your bread upon many waters, for you don't know where it's going to come back to you from. I just want want to be a blessing. I just want want to be a blessing. And you can never outgive the Lord. Open your hand wide. And if your hand's not open wide and you don't have the resources open wide, at least let your heart be open wide. And pronounce blessings on those people when you see them. And, and, and empathy and compassion. I'm not going to fix an open border. I'm not going to fix how we accept legal or illegal immigrants. I can't fix the Middle East and neither can you. But I keep my heart tender before Jesus Christ. And have empathy and love for everybody on this planet. That is something we can do. Because out of the abundance of a heart does a man or woman speak. And we're to keep our heart with all diligence and keep it pure and right with the Lord. And the first commandment is you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is you'll love your neighbor as yourself. As I mentioned to you when we released money in Uganda recently to the orphanage back there, it was a hard process, this particular one, and Sam was involved with me on this, Pastor Sam. And I was like, man, this is hard. I'm not, I'm just not, I'm like, but the Lord's, the Lord, I really put my heart to do it because it was kind of out of like, there's so many scams out there, right? We're all getting scammed. The text, the email, it's endless for all of us. Identity theft, check fraud. I've had it all in just the last six months, Okay. And so you tend to be, but you can't let that keep you from being generous. And this is that, that moment where I was like, Lord, this is going to be complicated. This is not easy. This isn't like go missions or a PayPal thing. This is, this is a complicated process. I'm just not sure. But we'll do a test run. The Lord's like, I'm like, I don't know. It's, gonna, it's a lot of, I'm not sure. We, this is hard. I'm not sure we can find a way. And that's what the Lord just spoke to me immediately. Like, if you were the one getting it, you'd find a way. If you are the one that this money is being sent to, you would find a way to get that money. So I'm asking you to do for them what you would want done for you. Find a way, get them the money, and no excuses. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. So love them the way you'd want someone to love you. What a revelation for me, and I share it with you. 
Be as eager to give it as you are to get it. And then you'll really have your life like to the rich young ruler. <laughs> Leave it all behind. Come follow me and I'll show you eternal life. I'll show you abundant life. I'll show you joy unspeakable. Come on. But he went away sad. Because the Lord didn't own his possessions. Those possessions owned him. He didn't even own those possessions. They owned him. So open hands, faith, generosity, generous disposition. We've received graciously. We can share graciously. You know, in 2 Corinthians, when Paul was writing them in that context of uh, their giving and whatnot, he said this, and I want to read this to you. 2 Corinthians 8, talking about the Macedonians who gave in poverty. So you talk, talk about being generous or the widow's last mile. It says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to our ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely, willingly imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And not only as we hope, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Yeah, there it is. Paul says the reason they could have a generous open hand helping other believers in Jerusalem from their own poverty is because they first gave themselves to the Lord. See, if your heart is open to the Lord, your heart's going to be open to humanity. That's the bottom line. And he tells us, don't do it begrudgingly. He says, and your eye be evil against the poor. Don't let our eyes be evil against the poor. Like, you can't, like, and you can't give it begrudgingly. Just like, either give it joyfully, or if you feel like you're still supposed to give it, it's begrudging. You got to ask the Lord to help you to let it go. But you can't give it begrudgingly. There's no blessing there. The Bible makes that clear. You shall open your hand wide and willingly, sufficiently. This is the context of the law for Israel in that nation. And that principle comes forth in the New Testament. Not a have to, a get to. These aren't the signs of our covenant. These are the principles of a spirit-filled life as we look to the Lord as our provider for all things. When I look at Franklin Graham, again, and his ministry, Samaritan's Purse, and I think about what they do for people over the world unconditionally, I am inspired but that just didn't happen. He went through so many lessons to be a person that God could entrust all that wealth to, that he could redistribute that wealth. And I want to be a wealth conduit, and so do you. I don't want to kink. I don't want to kink on my watch or yours. I want it just to keep moving and moving. That's how I want it to be, and that's how you want it to be. Hands open wide because our hearts open wide. And it says, for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all the works of your hand. God is so faithful. I've told you all my, most of my stories. I've shared them in the last few weeks about how God has just provided so many different things in so many different ways and how he does it. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And I got those stories. They're incredible stories. I love to share those stories. But as I told Hector Mora one time when he was sharing one of my stories in his sermon, I go, hey, it's better if you share yours. Go get your own. It's like when I share a Pastor Chuck story, it's not the same. Like, well, remember what happened to Pastor Chuck? It's like, dude, he had his stories. It's his story. Tell us your story. You need to tell us as a mediator of Pastor Chuck's faith. We can listen to that on the Chuck 2000 series. We want to hear about your faith, what God taught you when you did these things. And you need your story. So when you tell your kids, when you rise up and you talk about the Lord and you go out in the fields and you go and you look at the 
Edomites, how they live, and the Midianites, how they live, and they, they, you contrast their pagan altars to your faith in God, and you come home and you say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you will tell them how God has provided for you, how he gave you wells you didn't dig, how he gave you a vineyard you didn't plant, and how he protected you from these people and those people, and he promises to always protect us and always meet our needs. That's the story we get that we can pass on to our children. We're givers, not takers. Because God gave his son so we could receive his son to be saved by grace through faith in him. World religions demand things of people. They demand things and suppress people and control people. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. Yes, we'll open our hearts. Always an open heart. Always a great legacy. Then the last part of the Lord will bless you. Then the Lord will bless you. So he'll bless us when we are the ones releasing on the, the Lord's release. He will bless us when our hearts are open and our hands are open. And the last one is, if your brother, a Hebrew man, verse 12, or a Hebrew woman is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year, you shall let him go free from you. And when you send him away, when you send him away free from you, you shall not let him go away empty handed. You shall supply him liberally from your flock and from your threshing floor and from your wine press. From what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this day, and if it happens that he says to you, I will not go away from you, because he loves you in your house, and she prospered with you, then you shall take an owl, that's that pointy thing, and you shall um, thrust it through his ear like an earring on the door, and he shall be your servant forever. Also to your female servant, you shall do likewise. It shall not seem hard to you when you send him away free from you, for he's been worth a double higher servant and serving you six years. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all that you do. So this third one is that you will not let them go away empty-handed. When people walk away from our life, they should not be walking away empty-handed. They should be more loving. They should be more wise. They should be more giving. And they should be blessed because we were in their lives. We will not send them away empty-handed. If they serve you at the table when you're at a restaurant, they should not go away empty-handed. If they did contract work for you, they should not go away empty-handed. If they did a bad job, still they should not be sent away empty-handed. We should not send people away empty-handed. Not your landscaper, just not anyone. When you have people that work for you and they're good workers... Sometimes they want to leave and they start a business right down the street that's in competition with your business. I mentioned this Tuesday night. This is notorious for the surfboard industry. Good shapers teach new guy, other guys how to shape. They're like their mentor. Uh, and then they, they go down the street and they start shaping boards and they compete against the guy that just taught them how to make boards. It's really common. We talk about even ministry. Sometimes people raise up pastors and they split the church and he goes down the street this way or that way. I mean, we had a congregation at Calvary Coast de Mesa of hundreds of people. Pastor Chuck blessed us to go 2.1 miles down the street. And he's like, go for it, Joey. And uh, we put Gary Beeler in charge. Nobody left. They weren't meant to leave or very few people left. We didn't solicit anyone. And it all worked out well. But that's kind of how it works out. I mean, Pastor Chuck in Calvary Costa Mesa was a tent in 1971 over there where the, all the complex is. And that was the only Calvary Chapel. I believe there's at least 50 Calvary Chapels in Orange County. Most of those Calvary Chapels are people that went out and reproduced. And Chuck sent them away blessed. He taught them lessons of how to serve people and how to lose their life and bless other people. He taught me those lessons. You see... We need to treat people like we want to be treated. And if you have employees, you need to treat them like you want to be treated. Now, 
God's going to give us wisdom. But in the end, if people leave, if they move on, we want to bless them. We want to send them out with a blessing. And I talked about this Tuesday night that most of my life I've been sent out with a blessing when I've moved on. When I left Calvary Vista to go to Virginia Beach to start the church, Brian Brodison gave me a very generous blessing when we went out. In fact, actually, he released me uh, of a debt almost 10 grand. Because after we lost our first son in childbirth through the Medicare, uh, we had Medi-Cal. It wasn't necessarily their fault, just the way it was with the Lord. But we lost our son, and we were just, it was so devastating. So then the next time Jennifer was pregnant with Hannah, uh, we made sure we had a really good doctor and really good insurance, Dr. Eisenhower, who delivered both Hannah and Luke. They are both born in California. They, two were born in Virginia, Leah and uh, Timmy. But we had debt, and we were going to go to Virginia Beach to plant that church, but I was not going to leave for Virginia Beach until that debt was cleared. And Brian called me in his office, and he released me from that debt on behalf of that church. Uh, on behalf of what we did, he released that so we could go to Virginia and start the church. He took the funds from the church to release us from that debt, and then he gave us enough blessing to get out the gate and get started with the church in Virginia Beach. He sent me out with a blessing. You know, I was the first person that Brian Brodson ever sent out to start a church. You know how many hundreds of people have gone out to start churches 30, 30 years later in that journey of Brian Brodson? I don't agree with everything Brian Brodson does, and you don't agree with everything I do, right? Well, I'll tell you what, he's been a true friend my whole life, and I'm always going to stand by Brian's side. I was the first one to go. Me and her, a dog, Hannah at nine months. He cleared our medical debt and he gave us enough money to get out there for 100 days and get going with a step of faith. And we've been doing pretty good ever since. Chuck gave me a blessing when we left Big Calvary to come here. He blessed people. You send him out with a blessing. Even if they're below average, just give them a blessing because God died for us on the cross because we're very below average. We're all saved by grace, man. Show grace. Show mercy. Treat those people with respect and dignity. Bless them, not because they're the best employee. Bless them because God loves them. And if they're a great employee, bless them all the more. For how we treat others is how we're going to stand before the Lord. And the kindness and the empathy and the love and the blessings that we bestowed upon other people, he will bless us with. Right here, those blessings are pronounced. I'm not believing in God for great blessings so I can accumulate more wealth on earth. I'm, I'm believing in God for great blessings so I can sow more wealth on earth for all eternity. And that's how we need to be. I'm believing in a blessing God. I'm believing in a blessing God for lots of things that are way beyond me. For it was William Carey, the great missionary, who said, we need to believe God for things that are so beyond us that only God can do it. It was he who said, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. And that's how I want to live in Orange County. That's how we want to live in Orange County. So we want to bless people. When they go, let them go. Oh, dude, you left me hanging. That's all right. Look, God bless you. The Lord bless you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Lord bless you on your journey. Pronounce the blessings like the Levites. The Lord bless thee. The Lord keep thee. Be gracious unto thee. Make his face shine upon thee. Pronounce the blessings when they're leaving. If they're taking half the flock, pronounce the blessings. God can replace the flock, but not your evil heart or your evil eye. Just give it to the Lord and pronounce the blessings and know that God's going to bless you for all eternity for those things. I'm really glad. When we started Deuteronomy, I did not anticipate back-to-back topical studies on sowing and giving and sharing, but we go verse by verse for the whole counsel of God, right? 
I'm really enjoying these studies because they're really speaking to me and affirming who we are, that we're in the right direction. You're going in the right direction. We're going in the right direction. I know my, I'm going in the right direction, and I'm teaching my family that's coming behind me to go in the right direction as well. See, God's love the world that gave his son, Jesus Christ. God is a giver. And if we just let him really work on our life, he's going to work through us to bless others. And in losing our life and letting go, he can fill us with the things he really has. And we can be part of all the solutions and all the good things for all eternity. Most people waste their life. You understand that, right, worship generation? Most people waste their life. And no one gets a second chance. And that's why Jesus said, if you come after me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and be my disciple. You can't love anyone or anything more than me. But if you truly love me, you'll know that this is your purpose in being created. This is your universe. This is everything for you. And if you will fully trust me, I will do things in your life. In fact, he says in John 14, you'll do greater things than I've even done. So I'm thinking with maybe 20 years before I get to 80, I want to see God do greater things. He said, you'll do greater things than what I've done. Jesus said we can do greater things than what he did if we believe. I've not done greater things than Jesus has done, but if I can get there before I step into eternity, that's definitely the direction I'm going right now, and I want us going collectively together. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.